0: Today, I sit down with Dave Simon, the vice president of sales at Viant. Dave is a multi-time successful head of sales, leading teams to both scale and profitability. In this episode, which by the way is one of my favorites of this season, Dave shares a brutally honest approach to how he succeeded and what he's learned throughout his career. He shares tricks tools, strategies, tactics on all things, but what stood out the most to me was his perspective on turning negatives into positives. Throughout his career, Dave, like many others in business, have been faced with some adversity, and he shares how he's battled back and even thrived in the face of that adversity. He also shares his perspective on building teams, which I know you will love. I'm excited for you to listen to this episode of The Ramp Podcast with Dave Simon, Let's jump in.
1: You're listening to the ramped podcast, a podcast connecting industry heavyweights with the next generation of talented professionals. We're on a mission to build transparency into the practical realities of your early career by exploring how the world's best did it themselves. Our guidance will help you discover and launch a successful career in sales, technology, finance, and many other industries.
0: All right, everyone, welcome back to The Ramp Podcast. Today, I am joined with a special guest. It's Dave Simon from Illinois, all the way from Illinois. Dave, welcome to the show. Hi, Danny. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Well, obviously, you know the drill, but before we jump into those five questions that we ask all our guests on this season of The Ramp Podcast, we all want to know who is Dave Simon.
1: Sure. So first and foremost, I'm a husband and a father, I've been married to the same woman for almost 20 years now. We have two dynamic children, one girl, one boy, and those three are a big part of my life and a huge motivation factor for me to continue to work hard. I'm a weekend and a weekday athlete with a, I'll say a healthy, strong competitive streak, I had a very bad golf game. And then I'm a salesperson, I'm a coach. I'm a teacher and like any sales professional, I love, enjoy closing deals, but I get the most satisfaction, like the happiest part of my gig is about mentoring and growing talent. It's amazing. I appreciate
0: you, you mentioning the golf game too. I'm a a massive fan and player of golf, although sometimes good, sometimes bad. What are we talking for you? If you want to go handicapped, that's fine. If you want
1: to just go something else, whether, what metric do you measure yourself by in golf? I think the amount of times I want to throw a club or get angry, but for me, if I can play bogey golf somewhere around there, that's great. But since I work for a living, I don't get a chance to play as often as I'd like, and I want to stay married. So uh, again, I don't get to play as often as I'd like, but yeah, we'll say around bogey golf would be, would be a goal. What about yourself? Amazing. Around
0: the same, around the same, sometimes great, sometimes poor though. We'll see. It depends on the day and uh, you know, how flexible my shoulders are feeling at any one given time. Agreed. I've got some shoulder issues too. So I feel your pain. Awesome. And congrats on the beautiful family. That's a huge accomplishment. 20 years is no joke and two beautiful kids as well. So all great things. So if you're ready, though, we would love to jump into the five questions. So on your go, we're good to go on my side. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go jump into it. All right. right. Great. So number one, what is the best investment an
1: early career salesperson can do for themselves and why? Sure, so if you don't mind, I'm going to take a a slightly different take on the question if that's if that's cool with you, please. I was thinking about all the things that would help a person get started on their career, and it wasn't so much buying a course or taking this or doing that, but it's actually a mindset, so that's the direction I want to take this. and so the earlier salespeople understand how important it is to be comfortable in the uncomfortable, the better. And so what I mean by this is the sooner your listeners understand that we grow, we get better, we improve when we go outside of our comfort zone, when we try something that we're not good at, we try something new, when we we take a calculated risk, those are the ways that we make rewards and those are the ways that we grow in our career. So the sooner that your your listeners learn that, I would say the better. It's great advice. And we don't always
0: get the mindset stuff, but it's critically important in your early Career and your early sales career. Something that I learned right away, frankly, in my first sales job, which I wasn't planning on doing. I didn't even know what sales was when I took my first sales job at Groupon was the rejection rate. You know, your whole life, you are getting pretty much told yes, at least, you know, or you're doing great, or there's somebody here to pick you up when you fall down at your academic institutions or even your friends. And when you get into sales, you are getting no, and there is no way about it except for to face it head on. <laughs> so that was, that was a mindset shift I really had to make right away, that extremely high rejection rate. And I, I think I adapted pretty quickly to it. However, I was not prepared for it. I did not
1: know that that was what it was when I got into sales. That's a great point. I don't think anybody really tells you about that until you get into the job and you start experiencing that, that rejection. Eventually, you have to let it go off your back. I, I love that, that point of, of view that you have. That's, that's a good point, too.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a mentality thing. It's a mindset thing. It's just onto the next, right? It's like the, the athlete's mentality, though I never, I, I never actually played, believe it or not, varsity, collegiate athletics, or professional athletics for that, for that matter. However, it's the athlete's mentality of just, you know, onto the next, pick yourself up and move on.
1: You're right. I found that having an athletic background. Is not a hundred percent guarantee of success by by any means, and you're a success, and you did not go that route. But I have found with a lot of hires, successful hires over the years, that people that have that athletic background and then understand what it means to lose and to pick yourself up and be able to dust it, dust it off and go on to the next one, those are the people that you want to build around because they don't let themselves get bogged down by that by that initial failure, and they try to find a way to overcome that hurdle.
0: Yeah, that's that's certainly right. Off of that, are there, you know, there's a little bit of a tangent from the the normally scheduled questions, but are there other avenues outside of athletics? That's definitely one that that rings true, at least has been consistent in my hiring of salespeople. Is there other avenues or other backgrounds or even skills that you seek out when you're looking at early career pro- professionals? You're like, oh, this person who coming from this, whether it's a pocket of, you know, perhaps uh, former teachers or somebody who has you know, worked at a nonprofit, something like that, that
1: tends to lend itself to a great salesperson when you bring them on? Yeah, it's a great question. So there are, there are a few key characteristics that I, I try to strive to hire if possible. For one, communication skills are really important. And I work in advertising and ad tech. And for us, if I can find somebody that can explain complicated concepts in an easy to understand manner, That is really impactful salesperson for me. But from a background standpoint, finance is pretty interesting because I work in a programmatic or an automated fashion that is very similar to the finance world. So I have found some success in that. But you had talked about sports originally, but really anything that's competitive. I've hired people that have been first chair cellists that have been exceptional salespeople. I've hired people that have been competitive cheerleaders who have been incredible salespeople. It's really anybody that, that has shown that they have an internal drive. Those are the people that you wanna build around. And anybody that has shown a propensity to succeed in a competitive environment and can communicate complex concepts, that's, that's the, a recipe for success. Yeah, I love that, that internal
0: motor motivation whether it's, you know, athletics or otherwise is is something that is certainly needed in sales, especially you know, we've talked about it in our brief time together so far, but you know, whether it's getting rejected or whether it's, you know, winning a deal and figuring out how to get to the next one, it's certainly something that is key to success in this realm. Moving on to question two, how has your view of sales changed over your career and why do you think that has happened?
1: Sure. I think we saw one of my kids that walked by, but such is, such is life in the pandemic. For sure. And so I was actually going to bring up two things, and I promise that was not staged, but um, <laughs> two, I, had, I had two bullets on here, I swear. So the first one was the pandemic. It has changed the way a lot of business has gotten done, and for the sheer reason that you're having video calls like we're doing inside somebody's house. I mean, I'm seeing your house right? And so that enables like an innate humanization of our business in a way that did not happen before. So like my kid just walked by, we have meetings where people have babies on their on their laps now. We have meetings where dogs are sitting on their lap or running through the screen. And that has completely changed the way we sell. It changes the way that we look at each other on either side of the business dynamic. And so that is one of the things I wanted to mention. And again, my son walking through is totally unplanned, but the other, the other part that I wanted to mention was, you know, having worked at a variety of different companies throughout my career and even going outside of advertising for a little bit, I I went into the logistics market to try to learn a little bit more about that field. One thing that I very much understand now is that I'm way more successful about or at a company when I'm passionate about a product, right? This might sound obvious but it wasn't early in my career. And I've worked at places where I care about the company. I know and understand the product. And I've worked at places where I don't care about the problems that the company is trying to solve. And man, it was such a drastic difference. And the amount of success that I've had along my career strongly correlates with passion and interest. And so those are probably the two biggest things that, that I've learned over my, my career. It's great insights and a thread that actually
0: has tied several of our episodes together is that, and again, it's so obvious, you're right. It should be so obvious, but if you don't believe in what you're selling or what you're, however you want to qualify what we do on a day to day, whether it's showing value, solving problems, whatever, if you don't believe in it, you are the person talking about it a lot, whether it's communicating to a team, hiring people, actually selling to prospects or talking to executives about partnerships it's just going to fall flat because you you have to be the one to to first fundamentally agree with what you're doing and not just agree but really just believe in it there's no other word for it and I've I like you have been at stops along the way where I have not necessarily fully believed or didn't believe and you know certainly certainly it's tough to fight that It's tough to fight that internal battle and it's good to know now that you just, you you have to, you really have to go that
1: extra length to understand what you believe in and what you care about and what you don't. Yeah. And I'm going to guess another thread that is pretty common and goes along with this one is being your authentic self. I think a lot of people, when they get into this business, they try to either mimic how their boss works or how their peers work. And it just doesn't seem to work as well. I noticed that for me, I'm not a very or super professional person. I'm not a slob or I'm not, you know, I'm not I, I'm not bad at what I do or I don't take it lightly, but I'm just not an Uber professional or an Uber technical person. And when I tried to be that way, I didn't come off as as meek. I, I just came off as disingenuous and I probably didn't sell as well. And I think those two things are correlated, right? Being yourself as well as working in a company where you like or understand and believe in a product. Those two things I think are they're just connected, right? Yep, they are, totally.
0: And something that is really tough to teach to an early career seller because it involves one, being hyper, hyper confident about who you are first, and then also assessing, analyzing, and absorbing all of the sales playbook or like the product or the way to position things and coming up with your own spin on it, but to an extent, right? You don't want to pitch the product, pitch what you're doing to some crazy extent, the way you think about it It has to be within guidelines, but it also should sound like you doing it, not like somebody else who you sit by who does it a certain way. So it's, it's a really hard thing to learn. It's a really hard thing to teach, but it is critical. I often say in my training or onboarding it's We're going to give you the playbook, going to teach you exactly how to sell it. When you get out of training, you need to put your own spin on it. So almost forget exactly what we learned, exactly what we spoke about, because now it's your turn to put your own spin on it. That's really hard to grasp, especially for somebody who is just learning sales for the first time. So right. So right. Nice. Uh, Question number three, what is one mistake you made
1: early in your career that shaped the way you operate today and how has it shaped you? Sure, uh, I, I love this question, so thank, thanks for asking it. And again, I'm gonna take it in a slightly different direction. In my early stint selling TV, I worked for a really bad leader, terrible. This leader was mean, they were lazy, they they didn't inspire, they, they didn't even really try and teach. I couldn't learn from this person. I, I didn't learn a thing from this person. Plus, they would get so frantic during periods of stress that it made tougher situations even harder to succeed or achieve in. Right. So I made mental notes that if I ever rose to a position of leadership, I would never act or treat my team in the way that this individual treated us. So in a weird way, they actually had a really positive effect on my career because I learned what not to do. And then additionally, this was the first time. I remember working for this individual so clearly. This was the first time that I learned how to take a negative and turn it into a positive, right? Taking an obstacle and making it actually part of your success. And this in and of itself is a really important skill for salespeople to learn, right? Taking obstacles or challenges and turning that into motivation or a means to success is super, super important. I'm glad you took it in this
0: direction and it's often very difficult to be faced with that type of persona in your first job and understand that it's not what exists in reality everywhere it's just this isolated thing i was really fortunate in my first real let's call it real job to work at groupon when i was taking off and i got the opportunity to sit alongside folks who were amazing, like incredibly intelligent, driven, thoughtful, can execute, can build, and got to see many folks rise up and some other folks, you know, become future leaders of Groupon and future leaders of, of other companies as well. So I was very fortunate. And I actually kind of thought the, the opposite. I, at that time, I was very silly, but I thought this is how it's going to exist everywhere. Every place is going to be like Groupon. And very quickly learned at my next couple stops that it wasn't like that. And I think what you did is you were a little more thoughtful about it. You saw something going on and realized that this is a negative instance and is not exactly how it's going to work everywhere. This is just an isolated thing. And that is really
1: difficult to do when you don't have a bunch of experiences to rely on. You're, you're right. It's interesting. I had a similar experience in the digital space where I worked at a very successful startup that went through acquisition. And I also was lucky enough to work with some really incredible, incredible people. A lot of us felt, and because I think it was our first time in the digital space, a lot of us felt this was going to be so easily uh, repeatable that the next stop we went to would also be a successful startup and would blow out to a a huge exit like we had all experienced in the past. And Danny, it is not the case. Successful startups are very rare and they prepare you and help set you up for a successful career later on down the line because of the experiences that you have. But they are certainly not the norm. They are the exception by far. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's taken me a few years to grasp
0: that. Now it's firmly ingrained in my mind. It's really hard to build a startup. It's really hard to join. And be at a rocket ship and watch it go through that crazy growth. Very few companies make it to that. good to know and and you know good a good good thing to share with our audience too, even if they are on the rocket ship right now. Enjoy it, please, please enjoy it because it's it's infrequent. Cool. Question number four, who has had the greatest impact on your
1: career and expand, if you will? Sure. This was my favorite question by far. I've had very good fortune to work with some very good leaders. I've had one or two, as I've mentioned that were not great, but I've had the majority of my, my bosses and, and leadership have been supportive and, and very strong, but I've also been fortunate enough to manage really strong talent below me. And I've learned from that entire spectrum, but if I had to cut it down to one person, it would have been one of my first managers in the digital advertising world at, actually at that startup, because well, he not only gave me my start. But he gave me guidance, which formed habits of leadership that I use every day. So he taught me the power of positive thinking, which includes the ability to will certain situations to happen. And I'm not saying I can bend a spoon with my mind or open up a door, but I do strongly believe in the power of positive thinking and the power of being a positive person and the benefits that come along with that, of just being a positive person person in an environment, of having that attitude, that was something that he had taught me that I wasn't innately born with. I wouldn't say I was certainly negative, but I was just more in the middle of the spectrum. And I have learned to be a much more positive person as a result of him. And then additionally, he taught me the importance of being a competent manager. So I'm not talking about arrogance, but competence or security in one's role. And I'll tell you why it's important. So, a competent manager will not take credit for their team's work. A competent manager will not be afraid to give spotlight or give the spotlight to the AE who closed the deal. A competent manager is going to shield their team from the anger or the frustrations of upper management, and then they're going to take the blame where where it's needed. And they do this because they're confident in the in their place within an organization. And that enables them to truly understand that their team success is theirs and that they will rise and be thought of as positive because of the success their team is having. And honestly, man, I found that this combination of shielding from management and the, like, the ability to give spotlight where it is needed has been the strongest combination that I've been able to find to engender loyalty from my team. And as a result of that, I've had a very low turnover rate throughout my career, much lower than the average of of whatever business I've been in. and as a a leader or a sales leader especially, you are constantly worried about employee retention and having somebody leave and knock on wood, this has not been a major issue for me throughout the 15 years or so that I've been managing. And I think a lot of it has to do with the advice that I was given by this person. So and that, that was hugely impactful for me. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's great to be.
0: And you know, a lot of times you have to be a work under several different managers to get that insight that you're under one person that is that great. And when you have it, it's amazing. And it's really good to see. And I'm, it sounds like you absorbed a ton as well. And I, I love that way you've Put it really eloquently the shield and highlight, right? A good manager, you know, the best ones that I've been around, they never take credit. Always deflecting, always deflecting praise. Awesome. Last question for you. We've asked all our guests all three seasons on the Ramp podcast. If you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice as you were entering into your career, what advice would it
1: be and why? Sure. Uh, so as I've gotten older, I have a much greater understanding of the power of my network. I mean, we've all read books talking about how we are the company that we keep, et cetera, but this is more than that. Every industry that your your students or your listeners are going to be a part of, every single one of them is small. And how you treat people matters. How you treat people on the way up matters. How you treat people once, you are, once you're up matters. And how you treat people during good times and bad times matters because there will be a time when you will be down on your luck. If you have a successful sales career for 20 or 30 years, it is impossible to be up and to the right all 30 of those years. We are going to face times of struggle. Maybe your company goes out of business and you need a job. Maybe you're starting a job and you wanna find a way for that quick win that is so important when you start a new job. Doing right by people, even when nobody is looking, that's the way to run your business and that's the right way to treat people. This is how you gain value from your network, right? Is over the years, it's that reputation that you have that you take from job to job, your reputation, how you are thought of and how you treat the people in your network is so important. I know firsthand how important this network is because it's gotten me every single job I've ever had. And it's helped me succeed and get those fast wins at every single job I've ever had. And by contrast, I've seen how bad people are treated. I've seen people that don't respect their business or their industry or their clients. I've seen how they're treated. And this one was an easy one. When I was looking through all the questions, this was the one that happened to pop up right away, was the power of the network and cultivating just your good name and reputation.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. So you know, I I uh, I I think about this a lot. I think by doing this podcast, frankly, it's helped me kind of reflect on some of the early stages of my career too. So far, actually, you know, our our network led us to each other as well, kind of indirectly, which is which is kind of cool. It's a
1: crazy story. That really is, Danny. I
0: know it's wild. <laughs> the early part of my career, I think, just because I like, talked about it already, but because I wound up at Groupon and Groupon was taking off and it just seemed like nothing could go wrong or stop us for so long. I don't think I really understood how valuable the relationships that I made there were. I knew that I was making great relationships and having a ton of, you know, fun and success and building friendships, but I didn't really appreciate that. It would end so quickly in my like in, in my mind, right? Two and a half, three years goes by really fast, but when you're in it, it's going by really slow and you think it's gonna last forever. And that was something I look up back on often is like that crew, that uh, you know, that combination of people, that collection of thought and leadership and wins and losses all together was gone so quickly and it's over and you're never getting it back. You know, there's there's no way that same crew is gonna sit in the same office saying or doing the same things ever again. And uh, those moments you know, where you think about how to treat people or even like think about the relationships you're building should be intentional, they should be practical and you should really take care of them because you're gonna see these folks again. They could be your boss one day too. You never know, somebody who, who reported to you, you could report to them or they could be in charge of your hiring decision. Like You never know what, when or where they come back
1: uh, to you. There are three people that I've managed in my career that I could foresee myself working for one of these days. And luckily I think all three relationships are in very good standing. And so I treated them well when they were on their way up, as I mentioned and I I think they would do the same to me if I, if I had the option to work for them.
0: Yeah, it's great. Good place to end it too. Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show. Great, great speaking with you. You have so much guidance and I love the, Angle that you took to a lot of these questions. I know our audience is really going
1: to appreciate your guidance. Where can folks find you? Sure. Uh, First of all, thanks for having me. This was way more fun even than I was expecting. So I appreciate the opportunity to help out others as they're on their journey. You can find me on LinkedIn, find me on Twitter. I'm all over the place on the internet. Awesome. And at one point in time in the future, you will have to
0: share with me how the power of positive thinking can result in more birdies on the golf course, but that's another <laughs> podcast episode. That might be volume two if you ever have me back. But yeah, Danny, thanks so much for having me today. Thanks so much, Dave. Have a good one.
1: Thank you for listening to the Ramped Podcast. To access our show notes, the Ramped platform, or to become a corporate partner, visit www.RampedCareers.com or email us at sales at This podcast is brought to you by Ramped. Ramped is on a mission to democratize job access through learning and career discovery. Until next time.